there's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue this series that God has given us. This series is entitled Seeing Others as God Sees Them. For at the beginning of this year of 2020, God gave us a theme that was simply entitled Perfect Vision. And we said on New Year's Eve that perfect vision was seeing things, even difficult things, as God sees them. We had no idea of what would unfold in 2020. But we had committed to God to help us to see not as we desire or as we feel, but as you see them. Certainly, our faith has been put to the test, but I am proud to report faith wins out. Faith always wins out. And this too will pass. 2020 will be behind us. One day the virus will be behind us. We will all gather again in in-person worship. God will have given all of us a powerful testimony. The song spoke of it that God is. He is a very present help in time of trouble. This is the 11th of 12 messages in this series. The scripture reference for today's message is found in the gospel that has been recorded by Matthew chapter 8 verses 5 through 8 as well as verse 13. And we're reading this morning from the New International Version uh, known as the NIV translation. Matthew chapter 8 beginning at verse 5 reading from the NIV translation. Here the reading of God's holy and anointed word. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home. Note this, at home. My servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come to heal him? The centurion replied in verse number eight, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Verse 13 then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. Please listen to that word. Let it be done just as you believe it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. And we ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject lifted directly from verse 8 of the text. For the next few moments, I lift up this subject for your blessings. 
Just say the word. Just say the word. My brothers and sisters and those of you that are viewing these services, those of you that are listening by way of radio, there are times in life, and as God dropped this in my spirit, I said, Lord, thank you for the revelation, and I pray that I convey this in the manner in which you have shared it with me. God said to me in preparation for this message that there are times in life in which the things that we really need the most, listen, are not always the things that we think we need. And I said, Lord, help me to understand this. How does this tie into this series and this message? Most people, the Lord said, think that if they are in need of money or think if they're in a financial crunch, think that if they're in a financial crisis, then what they really need is more money. And God says sometimes that is not the answer that they need. More money in the hands of an undisciplined person perhaps would only cause more heartaches and more stress. Some people, even in the midst of a financial crunch, before they get any additional money, need to ask God to help them to be disciplined with the money they have. Help them to learn to budget. Help them to learn to prioritize. Help them to understand that everything you see, you don't have to buy. And everything someone else has is not for you. And so money is not always the answer in a financial crunch. Next thing God said to me that there are those who think if they are lonely, then what they really need in their life is simply more friends. And the Lord spoke again and said that's not necessarily the case. Perhaps you need to ask yourself what happened to the friends you had. Why aren't they there? Why can't you keep relationships? And God said that the priority before expanding your friendship base is perhaps expanding your relationship with God. Before you work on the horizontal relationships, we need to work on the vertical relationship. So your loneliness may not be as a result of you not having enough friends. It may simply be you don't have the right relationship with God in which you understand the significance of who you are and you are pleased and satisfied with what God is doing in your life. Some of the best times in your life can be with just you and God and not surrounded by fake friends in fake relationships. The other example that God gave me was that there are times in our natural body in which we feel, or those who have felt, they're very tired. And the natural inclination, when someone says to you that I am so tired, 
I'm always tired, is to say perhaps what you need is more rest. But maybe that is not the answer. Oftentimes there are underlying things going on with our physical body that supersedes rest. And what you really need is a medical checkup. And what you really need is to consult someone to see what are the underlying reasons why your body is so tired. Those who've taken those precautions have have allowed themselves to avoid some very serious illness because they were able to catch it early enough and do something about it. However, here's what God says to me. Sometimes in life, what we really need, as the examples that I just shared with you, uh, is not what conventional wisdom may suggest, or even, don't miss this, what others may think we need. And please don't miss this. Or even what we ourselves may feel like we need. Sometimes conventional wisdom says one thing and the answer is something else. Sometimes people will add their 10 cents to your situation and it's really not what you need. Sometimes even what we ask God for, please listen, even what we think we need ourselves is not what we really need. Listen, there's an example of this that is found in scripture with the testimony of the apostle Paul. Paul in 2 Corinthians says this, that he had an issue in which he called his thorn in the flesh. Paul says that three times on three occasions he went to God and asked for deliverance from this he called his thorn in his flesh. Three times Paul the apostle, Paul the one who writes more books in the Bible than anyone else. Paul the great missionary who went on three missionary journeys. Paul who founded more New Testament churches than anyone. Paul had an issue that he needed God's deliverance from. He went to God and begged God to remove this thorn in the flesh. The Lord responded to Paul, not in the way that Paul perhaps expected, not even in the way that Paul perhaps desired. But God said to Paul that my grace is sufficient for you. Better translation says, my grace is all you need. <laughs> now listen, it doesn't appear as if the Lord gave Paul what he requested. <laughs> Here's something I need you to go with me on. He gave him what he needed at that time, which was a word of encouragement. <laughs> Paul asked for deliverance and God gave him a word. A word that simply reminded Paul that he could endure regardless of the situation. 
word that reminded Paul that even if God does not remove this from him, God would not allow this to destroy him. In fact, to better understand this, I invite you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 7, 8, and 9. Here's another part of Paul's testimony. Paul writes, reading from the NIV translation, he writes about this and he could only write about this knowing that God gave him a word when he needed God the most. Paul writes, and I quote, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. The King James says in earthen vessels to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Listen to what Paul says in verse number eight and nine. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. You can only write this when you know that God's grace is sufficient. When you know that God's grace is all you need. Paul says, look, I want you to know that we are hard pressed, but we've not been crushed. We are perplexed. But we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Why was Paul able to write this powerful testimony? Is because what God gave Paul at the time that Paul needed something the most was a word of encouragement. What God says to me that sometimes, listen, just the word from the Lord is all that we need during some of the most difficult times of our life. Let me say that again. We put it on the board for you uh, to, to, to remember this. Sometimes just a word from the Lord is what you, not money, not a new house, not a new job, not a new relationship. Sometimes in the midst of of your most difficult moments, what you need the most is a word from the Lord. You need God to speak to your soul, to speak to your life, to speak to your situation. Because God gave Paul a word of encouragement, although Paul was struck down, he was never destroyed. See, a healing of that situation perhaps would not have given Paul that comfort level to know that you can go through anything. There's some of you that are going through something right now and you're experiencing perhaps some difficult times in your life. God says, I've sent you this word of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that yes, we are perplexed, we are confused, we are wondering what is this virus all about? Lord, when is this going to ever end? But the good news is that we're not in despair. We wake up every morning and say, God is still good all the time. And God is still in all. In fact, you ought to find a way to give God a praise right now for something that you don't even understand. But you know that God is working it out in your life.
right now. Somebody say right now. Right now. God is doing something that only God can do. Yes, my brothers and sisters, what you really need, what we really need in 2020 is a word from the Lord. <laughs> we need God to encourage us to say you can make it. Hold your head up high. Uh, that, that, that I will give you a peace that surpasses all understand how many of you just need a word from the Lord that weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me by his stripes we are already healed uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against our enemies just say the word. Just send the word. Listen, as we transition to the text, let us examine what it says to us, what this text that we've chosen for today's message say to us concerning the significance of just a word from the Lord. Listen to this text. In our text, a Roman military officer referred to as a centurion approaches Jesus concerning his beloved servant who is gravely ill at the officer's house. Now, go with me. Let me explain to you the significance of the background of this text. A Roman military officer Someone with great authority, not a Jewish religious leader like Nicodemus was. This was a Roman military officer. He approaches Jesus not even at night like Nicodemus, but he approaches Jesus in the presence of others. And he asks Jesus to heal his servant someone he cared about who was gravely ill Luke in his account of the gospel narrative Luke being a physician uh, goes to extra lengths throughout Luke's gospel to point in greater detail the physical ailment of miracles and he says in his gospel narrative that the man was sick and on the verge of death gravely ill on the verge of death. The text says he was paralyzed at home. In other words, he could not move. The Roman officer seemed to have really loved his servant. Uh, in fact, we are told again in Luke's gospel narrative that he is referred to, he refers to this as a dear and precious to the master. This servant was dear and special to this Roman officer. And so this, this officer, listen to this, do not miss the significance of this miracle. He goes out of his comfort zone. Uh, he approaches a Jewish carpenter's son from a place called Nazareth by the name of Jesus. And he approaches Jesus uh, not for himself, 
but for someone, not even for an immediate family member. But he approaches Jesus for a subordinate. He approaches Jesus for someone who is subjected to him. A lot of folk would have just let him die and I'll replace him with somebody else. This text implies, obviously, medical treatment did not work. For this man had the means and the resources, uh, Pastor Antoine, Pastor Mag, to go and, and find the best medical help money could buy. But perhaps medical treatment at that time did not work. And so he approaches Jesus. And, and in this text, God said to me uh, that I want to share three key insights, three key takeaways from this officer's encounter with Jesus that will not only shed light on his approach, uh, but will challenge and encourage us uh, when we go through something. Three key things that are vitally important uh, to the text and to our lives. Number one is this, insight number one is that he approaches Jesus with great humility and reverence. In other words, he wasn't arrogant, he wasn't egotistical, he didn't flaunt his authority or his position, uh, he didn't demand that Jesus come to him, he didn't even bring up the fact to Jesus at first who he was, Jesus knew who he was, but he approaches Jesus with humility and reverence. And I'm hearing God say to us that our approach to Jesus when we're in need of a miracle matters a whole lot. Uh, we've got to approach him with humility. We have to approach him humbly. We have to approach Jesus knowing that Jesus doesn't have to do it. The Lord doesn't have to do it. We'll just honor that he will consider our request. So many times we as faith walkers, we as churchgoers, as believers, think God owes us something. We feel as if God has to heal our loved ones because you serve him. We feel as if God is obligated to bless you. You've got to approach him with humility. You have to approach him with reverence, knowing that you are Lord. Verse 6 of the text says he refers to Jesus as Lord. He didn't have to do this. He didn't have to say this publicly. He was a Roman officer. Perhaps he would have gotten in trouble with the religious leaders of that day. But he knew that he was approaching someone greater than himself. He approached him as Lord. He approached Jesus as someone who he reverenced, someone who he admired, and someone that he respected. And so my question again to those of us that are living in 2020 is how are you approaching him? I know you're praying, but is your request full of your arrogant, egotistical, self-centered self? Do you approach Jesus like, Lord, you've got to do this? Do you just remind Jesus of who you are and what your position is? Lord, I've been faithful in the church. I hold this position. I'm the pastor. I'm the minister. I'm the worship leader. I'm the deacon. I'm this and that. And God says, I know all of that. 
but you still have to approach him humbly. Here I am, Lord. You don't have to do it if you don't want to, but here I am. When I go before the Lord, I don't go before the Lord as Pastor Darrell Jackson. I certainly don't go before the Lord as Senator Darrell Jackson, but I go before the Lord as your son, as your child. Lord, here I am, humbly before you, asking you to do what only God can do. Is there anybody right now that can approach God as we approach his grace with thanksgiving and in humility, saying to him, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. This man approached Jesus with humility and reverence. Second key insight that's found in the text uh, dealing with this Roman officer encounter with Jesus is this. Listen, he had faith in Jesus as a miracle worker. <laughs> in other words, he asked Jesus to do what only miracle workers can do. <laughs> do you believe that Jesus is a miracle worker? Do you know what Jesus can do? Are you willing to say that I've got faith to know? I don't know everything about you. I don't know everything about God. I can't tell you the origin of God. I can't tell you where God came from. I don't really need to know all of that. None of that is relevant uh, to what I am going through. All I need to know is that I know what you can do. Lord, I know that you are a healer. I've seen you heal before. I know that you are a miracle worker because I've seen your work before. Is there anybody right now know who he is? Before you ask him for anything, you ought to know who he is. Somebody ought to put a praise on the fact that, Lord, I know who you are. Lord, I thank you. I know who you are. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I told the church this morning at the 8 o'clock service that I'm reminded, and you've heard me reference this all the time, I saw Deacon Joseph Nesbitt uh, during the Sunday we burned the mortgage, and he was in his truck, and he said, Pastor Jackson, uh, let, let me just give you something on the faith offering, and uh, let me just give you something in honor of my mother. See, his mother was an unassuming member of Bible Way that went back uh, to even the little church, the, the first church on Atlas Road. Her name was Mother Maddie Harris. Mother Maddie Harris didn't have any acclaims to fame. I don't think she ever ran a ministry. I don't think she ever had a title. I don't think she ever had this, but she had one distinguishable thing about her testimony is that Mother Maddie Harris Mac had one song that she would sing during the days when the church had testimony service. During the time when the church had Sunday night service. Some of y'all said, what in the world is a Sunday night service? During the time when the saints came back and, and, and it seemed to happen and I remember uh, my little colleagues that grew up with me in the church, we would all laugh because Mother Harris would always wait until Elder Lord that time who would lead devotions or Deacon Abbott Simmons would lead devotions we were about to end devotions then all of a sudden Mother Harris would put her hands on the pew and she would stand up with her back hurt and I've learned the older I get not to ever pick at people anymore 
for back aches, okay? She would get up with her back hurting and she would say, just one minute, y'all, I got a testimony. And she would sing that one song, What You Know About Jesus. <laughs> and somebody in the back of the church, Brother Anthony would say, he's all right. And we would just laugh because we didn't know, we didn't think Mother Harris knew what she was talking about. And then she would say, she didn't say, what do you know about Jesus? She said it in the bollocks that her language would permit her. What you know? Woo! Can I preach to somebody? What you know about Jesus? Then Mother Josephine Anderson would holler out, he's all right. Mother Harris said, he's a doctor in the sick room. He's all right. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's all right. He's a heart fixer and a mind regulator. The older I get, the more I got to appreciate that you ought to know something about Jesus. Is there anybody know that he is? He is. He is a miracle worker. Uh, what Mother Harris's testimony taught me was there was something about Jesus that she knew. She wasn't a scholar. She wasn't an educator. Wasn't even an educated woman. Woo! But she knew this about Jesus. He's a heart fixer. He's a mind regulator. Somebody ought to know something about Jesus. And then my brothers and sisters, mm, the third and the final insight is the heart of this message, is the crux of the message, is where the subject for today's message derives from. The heart of this message is found in this third insight with Jesus' encounter with this Roman officer. This officer believed, listen to this, and, and this blessed me. Uh, I, I began preparing this message months ago, and it blessed me so, and I couldn't wait to say these words. He believed that Jesus' word was as powerful as his presence. Now, when you've got a relationship with Jesus, you believe that his word is as powerful as his presence. Note, he did not ask Jesus to come to his house. In fact, Jesus asked him, shall I come and heal him at your house? And he said, no, master, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. Note, he did not even ask Jesus to pray for his servant. He didn't ask Jesus for a bottle of oil. He didn't ask Jesus to lay hands. He didn't even ask Jesus to wave your hand over in the direction of my house. But he had enough faith to believe that all Jesus had to do was say the word. He said to him, just say the word and my servant will be healed. 
what a powerful testimony. This man had enough faith in Jesus' word to know that all my servant needs right now. He doesn't need to see your face. He doesn't need to feel your hands. All he needs is a word spoken in the atmosphere. Who am I preaching to? Because God says some of you have been praying for the wrong thing. What you really need right now is for God to just speak a word. Say a word over your family. Say a word over your son. Say a word over your daughter. Say a word over your husband and your wife. Say a word over your career. Say a word over your health situation. Somebody say, say the word. Say it, 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 Lord. Speak it, Lord. Speak it, Lord. I'm healed because you said I'm healed. I'm delivered because you said. Oh, y'all, excuse me, excuse me. Say, say the word. Say the word. Say the word. Woo! Come on, church. Say the word. Touch your body and say the word. Lay your hands on yourself. Come on, Zion. Come on. Come on. Come on. Say it. Say it. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get out of your seat at your house. Walk around your yard. Walk around your kitchen. Walk around your living room and sit. Ah, ah, ah. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. God is about to send you a word. God is about to speak a word. God is about to send a word in your direction. Get ready. Get ready. Get, get ready. Woo. Listen. Listen. I'm done. But let me drop something else in your spirit that God dropped in my spirit. And when God dropped this, it was a drop the mic situation. I had to just. Woo! God said that not only did this man believe in the power of Jesus' word, he also believed that even from a distance. Now this is relevant to somebody right now. Even from a distance, the word of the Lord can turn a situation around. Somebody is praying for somebody in another city, in another state, in another country. Somebody is praying for somebody on the other side of town. And I'm here to declare and decree that even from a distance, even from a distance, even from your living room to another state, God can say the word. I dare you to give God your best praise. Say it, Lord. Say it. Woo. 
even listen listen Woo! I've got to get out of here uh, but I feel we ought to put just one praise on that I think we ought to give God brother Zion I think we ought to give God at least one praise somebody say say it Speak over my family. Speak over your career. Speak over my situation. Speak over my grandchildren. Speak over my nieces and nephews. Say it, say it. Peace. 
Deacon Joe Nesbitt. Mac, I told Deacon Joe Nesbitt that I'll sing that song for Mother Harris. One more time. What you know about Jesus? He's alright. What you know about Jesus? He's alright. Know about Jesus? He's alright. I had to do it. Deacon Joe Nesbitt, <laughs> second Sunday. I said, I'm going to preach that. He said, now, Pastor Darrell, you got to sing it for my mama. <laughs> I said, you know I'm not a singer, but I'll do whatever I can. This I do know. He's all right. <laughs> Anybody know he's all right? Woo, don't y'all don't y'all push me out. Mm. He's a doctor in the sick room. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. Somebody know him. Listen. Listen. Wherever you are. I feel the anointing. I knew the devil was in trouble because <laughs> the fact of the matter is as much pain as I was in this morning uh, God said don't give the devil any glory I knew the devil was in trouble I laid my hands on my own self and say he's alright somebody know that he's alright listen listen to how the text ends Listen to how the text ends. Verse 13 says, Jesus said to this Roman officer, Go, let it be done just as you believe it would. Go, let it be done just as you believe it would. And the text says, At that same moment, at that very moment that Jesus spoke the word his servant was healed don't tell me what the Lord can't do I'm sending it to Wactor Street to touch Deacon Lumpkin right now God is a healer don't tell me I'm sending it to the hospital to touch Mother Maddie, Sister Maddie, Anderson Robinson right now. Maddie, God is a healer. At that same moment that Jesus spoke the word. Woo, thank you, Lord. 
it was done. And the Lord said to me, what you really need is a word. And so we lift our hands to the Lord. Pastor Donna McClurkin writes this powerful song. As we prepare for the altar, Pastor Donna McClurkin writes this powerful song. Simply ask God to speak to my heart. I've stopped asking God for money. I said, Lord, I know you're going to touch my grandchildren. I know you're going to protect my daughter-in-law. I know you're going to protect my family. I just need you to speak to my heart right now. Tell me everything is going to be all right. In the midst of a crisis, in the midst of COVID-19, God said, I'll send you something that perhaps is more powerful than my presence. I'll send you my word that will not return unto me void. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Give me the words that will bring new life. Words on the wings of the morning, the dark night will fade away. Somebody lift your hands and say, speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. A message of love to encourage me. Lifting my heart from despair. How you love me. How you care for me. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Give me your holy word. Come on right now, wherever you are. Uh, Holy Spirit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the words, yeah, Ooh. that will bring new life. Yeah, words on the wings of a morning, the dark uh, night will fade away. Uh, speak. speak to my Ooh. heart, Lord. I need a word from you right now. I need speak a word. To my heart. Ooh. We need a word Holy from you, Lord. Spirit. Yeah, speak. Give me the words yeah, yeah. that will bring new life. Uh, words on the wings of a morning. Ooh. The dark night will fade away. Uh, speak, speak to my speak. heart. Ooh. Everybody say speak. Uh, speak to my heart. Holy uh, Spirit, give me the words. I know what to yeah, do. Yeah. I won't go alone. Uh, mm, never go on uh, my own. Just let your spirit guide yeah. and let your word abide. Say, speak. Uh, give me your whole, give me your holy word. Uh, if I can't yeah. hear, then I know what to do. 
said I won't go alone Just let your spirit guide Sing young people, yeah, yeah, yeah Take it up Say speak, speak to my heart Give me your holy word If I can't hear from you Then I know what to do Said I won't I never go on my own. Just let your spirit guide and let your word abide. Take it up, say, speak, speak to my heart. Give me your holy word. If I can't hear from you, then I know what to do. Said I won't go alone. Said I never go. Listen right now. Listen, God said that there are some people that we are praying for that perhaps are in a different location. Somebody you're praying for that's home right now. Someone that's quarantined. Someone that's going through something right now. Even from a distance. (laughs) He knew the power of God's word. I can't tell you. I, I know that my mother has prayed for me from her house. And I was nowhere around. But I felt the power of that prayer. Even from a distance, you can send God's word. And someone right now needs to send God's words over the airways, over the highways, uh, over everything that was over the environment, through the pandemic, and ask God to speak to someone. Listen, someone who's worried, someone who's obsessed needs this word that God will give you a peace that far exceeds human understanding God said everything is going to be alright you're coming through this God has already given me the theme for 2021 and I've been rejoicing on that theme because God said and and, and Pastor Antoine didn't even know that he doesn't know this but God said, everything we've gone through in 2020, yeah. uh, God said that he would not only restore, but he would strengthen us. Yeah. God said, I- I'll give you your strength back. I'll give you your joy back. God will turn it around. Yes, Lord. And I believe that God is going to do it right now. Somebody have the faith of this Roman officer. And send the word somewhere. Tell God to speak right now. Maybe you are needing something from the Lord. There's a number on that screen. Uh, You can text us. You can call us. 888. If you're listening by way of radio. 776-1238. You can call right now. And God says, I'll be there. We can help. 
you as you go through this. You don't really need the pastor to come lay hands on you. We can't do that anymore. Uh, we, we are not able to gather at the altar and be anointed by the elders of the church anymore. But I'm so thankful that we can just send the word and God will do what we know God can do. Somebody just lift those hands and say, just say the word. Lord, just say the word. Bow those heads if you're in a position to do so. Close those eyes if you're in a position to do so. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for this 11th message in this series. We're so grateful that you saw this man differently than perhaps what others saw in him. Some saw his title, some saw his position, but you saw the need that was in his life. You saw a caring man who loved his servant so much that he found you wherever you were and asked that you send the word back to his house. Someone needs you to send a word over the airways, over the highways. Someone needs you to touch their sons, their daughters, their co-workers, their neighbors, their loved ones right now. And Lord, this is what I love about the text. The text says, at that moment, he was healed. He wasn't healed when the centurion returned to his house, but he was healed at that moment. What moment? The moment Jesus spoke the word. It can happen right now. It can happen at this moment, right now, 1230 Sunday afternoon. It can happen right now. Send your word, Lord. And we know that it would do what it has been sent forth to do. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And wherever you are, say amen. Amen. Listen, just before the praise team takes us out, I want to thank God for you. If you prayed that prayer, call that number, text Amen. If you want a covering, spiritual covering, we invite you. Uh, we, we will be honored uh, to become your spiritual covering. Amen. Thank you again for all of your contributions. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your faith offerings. We said to you some months ago that at the end of the year, we're going to take every name that has given anything in the faith offering. And we will put those names in a time capsule. And it, will, it is to be open 50 years from now, sometime in the future. I'm so grateful, powerful testimony. Amen. My deacon, deacon Chris Hadgrave told me about a beautiful woman at his school. Uh, Sister Anderson, I think her name was. She works in the cafeteria. She stopped Chris and said, I heard Pastor Jackson on the radio. She says, I remember his dad years ago. Uh, I, I'm a member of another church, but I remember his dad and we used to come and visit. This cafeteria worker says, 
come see me tomorrow, Chris. Chris went by to see her the next day. She had six money orders. One for herself, a money order, $50. She says, sow this into the faith. And then she had five money orders with $7 each for each one of her grandchildren. Woo! Thank God for faith walkers. She says, they don't even go to church anymore, but I'm going to sow a seed Hallelujah. on their behalf. And I'm going to ask God to bless them in a special way. When Chris brought that to my desk, I touched and agreed. I prayed over that. And God reminded me of something, Pastor Mac. This is so important for you to understand, Antoine, Jonathan, other young people that are here, all of these young people that are behind me, that this ministry was never built on the pocketbooks of millionaires. We've not once had anybody to leave us a great sum of money in their wills. We've not had anyone to write any multi-million dollar checks or even hundred thousand dollar checks. God reminded me of something. God said, this ministry for 57 years, the foundation of this ministry was that cafeteria worker who gave God what she could. She didn't have $500, but she says, I'm taking $50 out of my next paycheck and sow this seed. So I say to you, Sister Anderson, God bless you in a special way. And to all of you that have sown your seed, nothing is too small. We thank you. And now some years later, this church has 130 acres of land, 13 buildings. This church has a women's center, teenage pregnancy center, senior center, has a family life center with an indoor walking track. God has allowed us to do all of this, not because of millionaires. Woo but because of the sister Andersons that sold what they had. And I'll say thank you. I wanted to personally say to all of you that have given God even in difficult times. I know it hasn't been easy. That's why I haven't pushed it. And, I, uh, and, and if folks say you need to preach more about tithing and, and offering, God say respect what people are going through. So I respect that these are hard times. But I say to you, keep trusting God. God will always and continue to make a way. Thank you. Continue to sow your seed and watch God bless in a special way. Join me on Tuesday night. This Tuesday night, we're doing a special Thanksgiving week service. And let me tell you, and perhaps we'll send something out. God gave me a special message entitled, Still Thankful. Yes. Still Thankful. In the year of the pandemic, I'm still thankful. That's right. In the year of COVID, still thankful. In the year where 12 million Americans have contracted COVID-19, I'm still thankful. In the year where 255,000 plus have lost their lives God says we are still thankful join us on Tuesday night uh, invite a neighbor and a friend to be a part of this special service 
Lift those hands if you're in a position to do so for the benediction. Thank you again. Thank you for making this broadcast a success. And it is a success not because of the number of people that watch. It is a success because it touches your life. Thank you so much. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for reminding us that your word sometimes supersedes your presence. And even when you can't get there, you can just send the word. We thank you in advance for what the word will do. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. Wherever you are, say amen. Join in with chosen generation right Speak now. As we stay on. Come on. Give me your holy word. If I can't hear from you, thank you. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account, or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. For additional announcements and for more information, please be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.